Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Raw Universe read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Rode and in timeline order. I'm your host, Fran, author, Dive to the Wild, <laughs> the fan family and wolf story that everyone should buy. It is linked in the episode show notes. Please do it. I am very, very poor. Um, or sign up to my Patreon if you want to get early access to all my podcast episodes for all the podcasts that I'm in, which will be three um in a month's time <laughs> oh god and uh things like my videos as well and also access to uh different pictures for covers for early access for those you know there's lots of cool things that are happening over my patreon which you can join for as little as two dollars a month so if you want to you can join <laughs> anyway welcome to the show <laughs> As always, I have my point. Oh no, hold on. I've skipped a whole bunch. Well, sorry, my reading comprehension is not great today. Today, we continue our timeline journey with the Son of Neptune section entitled Joining the Defensive, which are from pages 472 to 490. As always, I have my points to focus on. So today, we've got fight scenes and generally what I thought of it. So let's dive in. Now, all of this is just from Percy's POV. So. Here is the overview for Percy's chapters. Four hours for the fastest horse to travel to San Francisco. San Francisco. But they're still too late. The battle is underway. The Romans Romans are... Sorry. I'm really struggling with words today. It's been a long day. (laughs) The Romans are outnumbered, but with the trio arriving with weapons and a newfound resolve, as well as a friendly cyclops and hellhound, they power through. The eagle has returned, and so has the Roman spirit. They fight back their enemy's forces, and though they are still overwhelmed, it isn't long before helps arrives in the form of the Amazons. Fighting left and right, Percy takes on Polyboats alone, and he has an idea on how to defeat him. He'll just need a statue's help. Terminus, angry that Polyboats brought weapons into the city, helps Percy destroy him. He is a god after all. With the giant defeated, the enemy pushed back, and the eagle restored, Camp Jupiter is saved. Woo! This section was really short. (laughs) I think this was only like two chapters. But um, as we'll have heard last week, this is also another good example for just how short Frank's chapters are. Because this is, well, okay, this is still quite short. This is, what, eight, well, it's 18 pages for two chapters. Um, and Frank had like 20 pages for like four chapters or something. Um, oh, maybe a little bit more than that. But still, not that much in comparison. And we still got like the rest of the books for Percy's POV. Sorry, I'm bitter. I'm bitter for Frank. 
anyway, here is the feedback for these sections before we dive into the uh, topics of the episode. So, firstly, seriously, how has Percy got his memories back? I know I've brought this up before, but how in the hell has Percy gotten his memories back? And yet, Jason never seems to fully regain all of his memories. Or if he does, we just never learn anything else about his story. Like, we know that he's got, like, bits and pieces. But that's kind of it. We never learn about anything else. We don't know anything about Jason. We know he has an alcoholic mother, but that's because of Talia. We know that that mother died because she, like, drove off a cliff because she was drunk. And we know that he helped defeat in hand-to-hand combat another titan and he was a leader of the fifth cohort and was like a praetor with rain like that's the extent we don't know anything about his childhood we don't know anything about what he was like in the ranks other than he was a bit of a troublemaker which doesn't fit his character at all really but anyway like we know nothing about jason he never seems to regain his memories otherwise he'd be telling us more about him it's just Percy has literally regained every single memory and then has worked out the whole aspect of like Juno is swapping the quote unquote leaders of Camp Half-Blood and Camp Jupiter to kind of bring them together for the prophecy to help fight against the giants which apparently like Annabeth had figured out about the stuff to do with the giants beforehand which then makes no sense for the lost hero because why wouldn't she bring it up beforehand? Or maybe she did. I don't remember. But as far as I'm aware, I don't remember her bringing it up in The Lost Hero. Admittedly, she's also not a main character in that, which is stupid if she's meant to be part of the Seven. But it's... <laughs> the logic is not logicking. Um, also, they defeated two giants so easily. Like, it's the same problem I had with The Lost Hero. Within, like, within four chapters... They defeat two different, supposedly unbeatable giants. And they've done the same thing here. It's four chapters apart. And they've defeated the one that is meant to oppose Pluto, the Asilova, (laughs) and Polyboats. They've defeated two supposedly undefeatable, or obviously they're meant to be defeatable, but they're meant to be worse than the Titans. And yet they've defeated them so easily. And this is why I keep bringing up that I'm just not a fan of this series as much as the others. Because the bad guys are just so easily defeated that there's just no sense of urgency. And I just, there's just, there's just a lot of questions. I also want to know, because this is never actually addressed. Death is back and he's talked about how he needs to like reclaim the spirit of those who are meant to die and stuff like that. I can't remember her name, but the girl who I think she was like one of the co-leaders for the fifth cohort or something, she got like skewered, like shish kebabbed earlier in the book and came back to life. Is she being claimed by Thanatos? Like, is she now just like, she automatically has to go to the underworld and die because she came back to life? Because that, as far as I'm aware, I don't think it's ever actually explained. Like, what happened to her? (laughs) I also don't remember her name, so that's maybe... Hopefully I'll see it when I read the rest of the book and maybe we'll get confirmation. But from what I can remember, I don't remember there ever actually being confirmation about this. Uh, Additionally, 
Why the hell does Terminus not help straight away? Like, Percy runs to Terminus, just being like, oh, we've got a god, we've got a god on our side, yes, Terminus, help me. And he's like, no. <laughs> Why? Why aren't you not helping Terminus? You're talking about how it's so annoying that there are so many projectiles heading towards the city that you have to stop. You could stop the projectiles by helping Percy stop the evil giant. He only stops and helps because Polly Boats brings weapons across the border which is a big no-no for Terminus. I, oh, and it's just, it makes no sense. It's meant to be comical, I can already tell. But it's so fucking stupid that it just annoyed me. I'm like, why? There are people dying being... Cr- well, quote-unquote people dying because it's never talked about. There's bad things happening and Terminus is just like, ah, no, it's fine. <laughs> like, come on. Come on. <sighs> Let's go into the fight scenes because uh, I have some thoughts. Um, they're all pretty good. The The only one that I hate is Percy versus Polyboat because it's stupid. So I'm going to talk about the other things. Seeing Frank and Hazel leading the charge and bolstering the troops was so awesome. Uh, Percy with the eagle guiding the fifth cohort into battle to help fight back the centaurs that were attacking another cohort was also very cool. As I mentioned in the previous episode though, I did, well, I alluded to because I was going to talk about it more. I also kind of hate that at the same time. I've been talking a lot about how I really want Frank to be able to take on this leadership role because so many people talk about how he makes a great leader, how he's a good tactician, and then he never gets to be any of that. He never gets to be any of that until the last book. <laughs> and, oh, or the second to last book at some point, I don't remember. At some point nearer the end of the series. But then also we're never getting his POV again, so... We don't actually get the impact of that. But Percy is the one carrying the eagle, which is like this huge honour. Honestly, and then like does this lightning thunder power thing that the eagle has. I was reading it and the whole time I was just thinking, why isn't Frank doing that? Like I know he has his shape-shifting power, which is just as cool and just as useful. But it should be, and I know again that this is also from Percy's POVs, but it should have been Frank. It should have been Frank holding the eagle. It should have been... Because currently he's also still... Well, no, he did get his centurion thing. Or whatever. But, like, it should be him doing... Because it's it's still his quest. And yet it's, once again, Percy, who's being held up this as this huge hero. He's the one who's holding the eagle. He's the one who's gifting it back. He's the one helping to bolster the troops more than, like, Frank and Hazel. I know it's meant to be this whole bringing Greek and Roman together. But it's just... I want Frank to have more of those moments. And Percy being proud of him as well. Of seeing Frank holding the eagle and bolstering the, the Romans and getting them to charge into battle and then he sees the lightning from the eagle and it's like oh shit that's so cool and then he goes after polyboats that would be like that would work that would make sense because it's also building up frank's thing of becoming more of a leader and becoming like coming into his own more but all the things that i'm consistently just like this would make more sense for frank is just given to other characters and percy's just one of them because again like i was mentioning Percy takes over the quest. Percy's the one who talks more about the quest in, like, the, um, Senate scene. Frank disappears in that scene. 
and Frank kind of disappears in these sections as well. Like we're only re- reintroduced again to Frank when he becomes a weasel to chase away the basilisks, which is cool, but could be a moment to do with the eagle as well. Of like, he hands <laughs> like Percy sees him ha- someone else holding the eagle and wonders what the hell happened to Frank, and then sees a weasel running past and scaring off the basilisk, and then realizes that's Frank and thinks it's awesome. I don't know, it's just that was a moment but like I still like the fight scene it's still very cool and it's described very well and we get the description for the different scenes that are happening like Ella helping Tyson by telling him the weak spots of the creatures that he's fighting against it's all great we're seeing it all the pacing is working really well because it is going quite fast paced which fits the fighting style like fight scenes are fast paced especially when there's like chaos level where so much is happening it should feel fast it's just then the battle with the giant is just so weak and boring. Like, <laughs> Percy is basically dodging and diving and then having the giant chase him. Which, like, how has the giant not caught up to him? The giant is 30 feet tall. One step is like half a mile. Oh, no, probably not half a mile. One step <laughs> will be like. 20 meters or something like that yeah 20 meters one step is 20 meters how is percy keeping ahead of the giant so easily when he is a giant and would be taking giant steps but so firstly it makes no sense but then percy jumping on him somehow using his knee like the giant's knees to catapult him upwards and towards his chest which again makes no sense unless the giant is like standing with his knees bent I'm, I, if my voice has changed position it's because I'm testing it <laughs> but that's also not very comfortable so I don't know why the giant would do it but then so I'm not able to picture what's happening but he's jumping up onto him stabs him enough to make him fall over somehow and then he's at his mercy well I'm just like this giant could just literally pick Percy and throw him or roll over and crush him it's just it's just so unrealistic like it took longer to fight Kronos than it did to fight this more powerful giant and I just keep bringing this up but the giants are the weakest villains which is somehow super ironic considering Charles of Apollo is about immortal Roman emperors that in a sense are still human but they're stronger than the giants. Like they're more unbeatable, they're more threatening than the giants and Gaia. Immortal human beings, basically, <laughs> or minor gods, I guess, technically, are more terrifying and stronger than giants. Like all powerful, born before the gods and titans, giants. It's just, it's maddening to a degree because like how (laughs) the power levels that rick is introducing here just makes no sense to me and it is like this is just it's plot armor it's plot armor for percy's safety because he's able to take him down so easily and also what would make so much more sense to me actually is it's kind of similar to what does happen with the asalonis what the, the the pluto giant um earlier in alaska slash canada because frank and hazel were working together to 
kill the giant. That makes a lot more sense because it's two against one. Obviously, it's two against a 40-foot one with just a fast horse also helping. But that would that makes a little bit more sense because the whole point of the story is also meant to be Greeks and Romans working together. Obviously, in that case, there wasn't a Greek helping, which would have been very cool if they did, that did actually happen, is that Percy comes to help. But that would have been a really good moment of not only is it gods and demigods working together, it's gods and Greek and Roman demigods working all together to destroy the giants. Because then you've got more of an advantage to a degree. Because also in this case, <laughs> the only the thing that destroys polyboats is Percy slamming a statue into his face. I hate it. I hate it. It's just that's just so sh that's just so shoddy. I just there is such a better way. We literally have been seeing Terminus in that lead up, creating lightning basically, like things shooting out from the sky to destroy the projectiles that are coming towards the city. Have him do that. Why use the actual statue statue to slam it into the guy's face? And I know it's a children's series. I know it's a children's series. But that is not an excuse. <laughs> because Percy Jackson and the Olympians did, firstly, better fight scenes, more logical fight scenes, and there's just there's just a lot more. I just feel like Heroes of Olympus, considering this is technically more of a young adult series than it is middle grade, because they're all teenagers, there's meant to be somewhat darker themes. But somehow the one that is definitely more middle grade has ended up having darker themes than this one where they're all teenagers and a little older and the stakes are meant to be way higher. I cannot see how the stakes are higher in this situation. Nothing is feeling quote-unquote dangerous at this point. It's all just feeling a little weak at this stage. And considering we're two books in out of five, I'm I'm exhausted. <laughs> Oh, I know I'm really ripping into Heroes of Olympus, but it's just, there's just a lot of things that could have been done differently to make the series stronger. And if you do want to hear my thoughts on that, actually, uh, I will be doing a analysis series on my YouTube channel, A Healthy Dose of Fran, in the coming weeks. Um, they won't all be consecutive because it's basically going to be like, as I finish the books is how I'm going to do those episodes because there's a lot. Uh, to get through and I can't really kind of come up with ideas on improvement if I haven't read all the books more recently so they're just going to be out as they come and uh, I'm doing one on The Lost Hero which will be out in a few weeks time so uh, yeah, uh, Healthy Does a Fran on YouTube go subscribe there for my thoughts on improving the Heroes of Olympus series uh, specifically focusing on like each individual book in each episode but uh yeah, I think that's all I have to talk about. I mean, this is a very short section, like it's 20 pages. Um, so <laughs> there isn't too much to talk about, but I've spoken for quite a while, so hopefully you've got a lot out of this. Um, but what I do want to know for this week's question of, of the episode is... Okay, what? how do I want to phrase this? <laughs> do you think that the giants are too easy to beat? Because I'm convinced that the giants are just stupidly easy to beat. Like we've beaten f two in four chapters. Like, that's ridiculous. So, yeah, do you think the giants are just too easy to beat in Heroes of Olympus? Uh, that'll be going up on that social media, so check it out there. 
Um, and of course, check out Home to the Wild out on all paperback and ebook platforms. If you like found families, wolves, Tarzan, and lesbians, you're gonna enjoy this book. So, um, and the rest of the series as well. So uh, yeah, Home to the Wild by Francesca McMahon out on all platforms. Um, and yeah, thank you all for joining me for this week's section. Be sure to join me next Wednesday as we finish the Son of Neptune book. And then, of course, we'll be continuing our Riot Verse journey after that. See you all then. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and basically wherever you listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find The Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode, you can email thebestdamncamp at hotmail.com, or if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks. Want more Royal Verse content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of Fran. And if you want to support my writing career, drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see, shall I speak to you all next time. Bye.